Awesome. I love those thoughts. So you can see this week we're picking up our series, God's Plan for Your Well-Being, and looking at our relationships. Now, God has made us relational beings designed to be connected to each other. And we're going to look at how our relationships are central to God's plan for our well-being. Because God is God of relationship. God exists as three in one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God in three persons. God is himself a community. And I was wondering recently about the government plans for vaccine rollout. I'm very early on getting frustrated that it seemed slow. And of course, I was totally wrong. Like the NHS are doing an amazing job on the vaccines. But right at the start, I was wondering, like, why, why don't they just use all the football stadiums? You know, they could line everyone up, get through the turnstiles, give them tickets, stab them with a the jab as they're going through. I, I had it all figured out. And it got me to thinking about Jesus and why he didn't do the same. I mean, why didn't Jesus just get his disciples to line up all the thousands of sick people in a huge long lines where they could like, pray past him and he could just bam them with healing? You know, like sick person, bam, blindness, bam, leprosy, bam, demons, bam, like bam, bam, bam. But Jesus could have done that, couldn't he? But he didn't. And instinctively, we know, don't we? It's because Jesus isn't a production line. Jesus would stop. He'd take time with people and ask them questions about themselves, even though he already the, knew the answer. And, and so they could speak and be heard and understood. And God isn't a production line to a better life. God is interested in relationship. After all, like God is love. And he's made us the same way. We're made in his image. And so at our core, we are relational human beings. Relationships matter. And there's an importance and life-changing nature in being involved in real relationship. Um, it says, Genesis 2.18, it's not good for us to be alone. And so we're designed not only to have vertical relationships with God, but also horizontal relationships with each other. These are needs. Like as human beings, we're hardwired to need each other. And our well-being depends on the health of our relationships, whether we have enough relationships, what state they're in, how much we invest in them, directly affects our overall well-being. And I don't know about you, but I'm guessing, like in this pandemic moment, we will become so much more aware of our relationships. Lockdown has kind of shone a spotlight on them, hasn't it? And we've become aware, too, of how our relationship health affects our own sense of well-being. We know relationships are under a big strain. And even as I'm talking now, I'm aware so many of us are in the middle of a particular relationship struggle. And so there's a moment now in the pressures of like extended closing down of normal spaces and lockdown, some of us forced into isolation, like enforced detachment from friends, family, work colleagues, some of us forced into pressure cooker closeness. You know, families locked down together, working from home, homeschooling. Some of us experiencing all of these things in different spaces in our lives at the same time. And I'm praying today, like God brings us a moment now of healing into those spaces and struggles and some of the woundedness and loneliness and exhaustion and weariness that has built up. And so as we get into thinking about relationships today, wouldn't it be good just right now to bring some of this to the Lord. So why don't we why don't we pray? Let's close our eyes and bring some reality right now into this moment. 
Yeah. Lord, we recognise this moment now that we're in and what some of us are carrying. Lord, we, we bring to you like the pressures, the stress, the loneliness some of us have felt, the strain that some of us have felt. And in your goodness, Lord, we pray, pour out your healing over us. Lord, tend to our relationship wounds and restore us, we pray. Amen. Amen. So why don't you grab a Bible with me? Um, let's turn to Colossians chapter 3. Uh, and we're going to look at verses 12 to 14. Colossians 3, 12 to 14. Let's take this in. God has chosen you and made you his holy people. He loves you. So you should always clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive each other. If someone does something wrong to you, forgive that person because the Lord forgive you. Even more than all this, clothe yourself in love. Love is what holds you all together in perfect unity. These few verses are so rich, aren't they? There's so much here, so many times we can think our relationships are defined by the people around us, that our relationship health is like entirely dependent on the circle of people that exist in our lives and how those people behave towards us. But that's only part of the picture. And this passage carries such great spiritual wisdom that God wants to show us about ourselves, our identity, our character, our actions, which will shape how healthy our relationships are and therefore our level of well-being. So we're going to look today at two parts of this passage and our wellness. Um, firstly, there's this idea of our identity in Christ, a living in our identity and how this changes, like the foundations of how we build relationships with each other. And then we're going to look at being clothed as children of God, like a living out, a working out of our identity as we form relationships with those around us. So Firstly, living in our identity, it starts, doesn't it, this passage, verse 12, God has chosen you and made you his holy people. He loves you. And it's really easy to skip past this when we're reading. It's easy to miss it. It feels like it comes before the important set of instructions, you know, but um, but this phrase is so important. It, it holds the foundation of everything else. It's recognizing our new identity in Christ. There's three statements, like three facts here. God has chosen you, he's made you holy, and God loves you. Chosen, holy, and loved. And these aren't optional take it or leave it type things. Paul is saying here that as a follower of Jesus, this is your new identity. You know, it's like in a movie, that moment when they give the person a new passport. So it's like you get a new passport with a new name, a new identity, a new freedom, and you can live a new life. This is the new you. And it speaks over previous histories, it overwrites your story, it's a new definition, <clears throat> excuse me, spoken over you. And so like, the question is, can we own this new incredible heaven-defined passport that we've been given and live as this new person? So you're chosen. Like, this is the first thing that it says in your passport. In other parts of the Bible, it talks about you being adopted into God's family. We just sung that together, haven't we? You belong. Imagine that in relationship terms. This means you are already part of the family. You already have 
belonging. You already have a special place and meaning and community. You're accepted as part of God's family. You can pick up the phone to him anytime. You can hang out with him anytime. You can be with him anytime. And there's something powerful and practical here in this belonging because it's it's not just about belonging in God's presence, but also about God's family now being your family. God has placed you alongside others. He's created the church, a place of relationship to find belonging and meaning and purpose alongside others. And, and if we as a church worldwide and as Zio Church can live up to this, we have this incredible inbuilt family. And so as we think about today, the number and quality of our relationships that we have, think about your relationship opportunities at Zio and how you're doing on this. Like Jesus modeled different levels of relationships, didn't he? Um, he had a larger group of 72 and the crowds that surrounded him. He, he had this closer relationship with 12 disciples and then he had his three most close relationships with three people, Peter, James and John. And so let's take the opportunity to develop community within church. Like at Zio, we have gatherings, groups and huddles. And I know obviously we can't gather physically right now, but be encouraged to do so when we can again and keep connected to Sundays online as we do our new um, encounter nights. Be part of it. It's value gathering. It's good for our relationships. It's good for our souls and our groups. Getting involved in a group where you can. You know, you can hang out and get to know a group of 10 to 20 people and huddles, getting together with three to five people where you can really share life together. Maybe you're um, missing out on one of these levels of relationship today. And maybe God is saying, join in with your family. You belong. And then the second thing it says on your passport, it says you're holy. And you might not feel holy right now, but in your new identity in Jesus, the old has gone. There's something different about you now. You're not your old self. You've been forgiven. You are set apart. Like in being made holy, it's like you've been permeated by God and his goodness and his holiness. And this, like, this impacts our relationships. It means you don't need to carry your old failings into new relationships means you don't need to look in the mirror and be worried that you're not acceptable to other people in the way like you look or you speak or you are. It means you're worthy of giving and receiving love from others. It means you can hold to high standards in your relationships, that you can be trustworthy and honourable and bring goodness to people. So maybe today you're aware of some of the ways like you feel you mess up relationships through the way you seem to constantly get things wrong. And today is a good time to ask God to help you to live in your new holiness, that there's not an inevitability that you'll mess up the same again. And then the third thing, the third thing it says on your passport, you're loved. You're loved with the depths and the breadths of God's love. I love my wife, Jen, so much. Like she is everything to me. But as much as I love her so much, it's impossible for me to love her as much as God loves her or as much as God loves you. He loves you with a perfect, unending, limitless, infinite love. Love that won't run out, love that won't fade, love that won't dim. God guarantees you his love. So it's not that living in this relationship with God replaces our need for others. Remember, like we said, the Bible says it's not good to be alone, but God's overwhelming love for us creates a different context 
for our human relationships. Like if, I, if I'm sure, if I know that God loves me, he knows my thoughts, my pains, my struggles, my makeup, what I like to do on Saturday mornings, how I felt last Thursday. He knows everything about my past. He loves the way I'm made. He knows me inside out. He loves me and he accepts me. Then like this releases me to be different in my human relationships. So I don't need the approval of others. I don't need to fear what people think of me. I can live in a place where I can be myself and be my authentic, real, true self with others. Henry Cloud, um, he talks about four corners of relationships and he says relationships fall into one of four corners. Like The, the first corner is the no connection corner um, where you have really no relationship with someone at all. And then you might have a bad connection corner where you have connection with someone who isn't actually good for you. And then you might have a pseudo good connection where your connection is superficially good, but not really meeting your relationship needs. And then there's this corner of the true connection where you can be your real self. And this is like the most life-giving relationship space and the one we all desperately need, but it's also the one we find the hardest to find. But if we, if we know and really know that we're loved by God, it can enable us to be real, to be authentic, to be vulnerable with others. And in that space, we can start to make this true connection with other people where you can be your real, authentic self. And so if we can, if we can live in our new identity as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, we become different people. We become better people to be in relationship with. We make better friends. We make better colleagues. We make better partners. We don't need to form relationships that have foundations in our brokenness and our neediness or our doubts or our insecurities. We can actually like, choose to see ourselves as God sees us and be ourselves as God sees us in our relationships. So we're talking about who we are, living with our new passport, living in our new identity. And then this passage goes on to talk about how we should behave, how we should live out that new identity in our relationships. And um, Paul Colossians here, he talks about a beautiful um, analogy, putting on new clothes. And so it's like to go with your new passport, you also get a new suitcase of clothes. Let's read together to remind ourselves. Um, says this, so you should always clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive each other. If someone does wrong to you, forgive that person because the Lord forgave you. Even more than all this, clothe yourself in love. Love is what holds you all together in perfect unity. Isn't this just a beautiful image of how to be with people? The image of Jesus. And imagine it, you, you can be that person to others. And at the same time in this section, like Paul is acknowledging our humanness, isn't he? He's, he's, <coughs> he's acknowledging the humanness of those around us. He's acknowledging people will hurt us. People will disappoint us. People will annoy us. People will stress us out and let us down. But the more like Jesus we can be, then the better our relationships together will be. And as we put on these new clothes ourselves as we start to live up to the standing that God has placed us in, this living out our new identity, 
it's not hard to imagine like how our relationships will benefit as we journey into doing that. So let's run through this beautiful list of clothes that are in your new suitcase. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with each other, forgiveness. And we could do a long study on each one of these amazing godly qualities. But, um, you know, I know that for me, the huge difference I feel when someone embodies some of them and when I'm with them, I expect you do too. Like we caught a load of great examples of that in our video thoughts earlier, didn't we? Like people mentioning them in their own words, like honesty, trust, openness, not judging. And, you know, when it feels like someone has all the time you need, when someone really listens and you, deep, you feel like deeply heard and understood. When someone comes alongside you and is really with you in a moment of struggle, when they don't behave like they're better than you or have something to prove to you, when they choose to put their strength on your side and not against you, when you know you've done something stupid or hurt someone and they genuinely forgive you. It's a taste of what it must be like to be with Jesus, right? Can we be more like this? It means that in that person's company, I never feel cornered or ignored or rushed or a burden. I can be myself, I can be vulnerable, I can be honest, I can have a chance to be the best I can be too. We all need people around us like that, don't we? These qualities are too rare. So please, God, help us to be like this. And the truth is that if we, as the church can all move in this direction of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness, then we'll be even better family to each other and even more light to the world around us and find that it reflects back on us as we have find ourselves in developing like stronger relationships, deeper friendships, more realness, less fakeness. It's a pathway towards well-being in our relationships. And then, so then we have this most important phrase. Uh, Paul says this, even more than all this, clothe yourself in love. Love is what holds you all together in perfect unity. Paul is saying like, this is the priority, love. The word used for love here is um, the Greek word agape. It's the idea of a person like giving all her or his love or favor to someone other than themselves. It's a love that isn't earned. It's a relationship-based, freely given love. It's a love that comes without expectations or a response. Uh, it takes the initiative, you know, like Jesus did with us. The greatest example of agape love is what Jesus did when he died for our sins. Jen and I were talking with some friends on Zoom recently, and one of them said something like this. After all this time together, I've realized that in the end, what I want most from him is to be happy, and what he wants most is for me to be happy. That's the key, isn't it? But I don't think people realize it, she said. That's so wise and true, isn't it? In building significant relationships of all kinds, all our true connection type friendships, if we can genuinely put the other person first, if we can find spaces where we mutually prefer each other, where our goal is their happiness and fulfillment. And so as we come to close, let me mention one way of giving this kind of love. Give love by giving time, being present, 
this idea came up many times over in our video thoughts, didn't it? The idea of spending quality time together. Time is our most precious asset. Sigmund Freud said that 50% of his patients get better without him saying anything, just from him sitting and giving time and listening. Remember where we started today, Jesus listened. This is perhaps our biggest challenge right now. Time is one of the biggest keys to making friendships, building relationships, and, and um, to develop our connections with each other. And yet we know instantly some of us will be thinking, I just don't have time to be that person, or I'm too pressed, or I'm too busy. Some of us are running too fast at a pace, and the challenge is to develop ways of making time and adjusting our pace to a level where relationships and well-being can flourish. Some of us are like too overwhelmed. We think there's so many people, so many needs. I can't, I just can't do it. I can't have time for everyone. And, you know, I definitely feel some of this time stuff myself. I can find myself in a place where I want to chat with my friends, but I don't think I have time or energy for a Zoom or whatever. But I'm so glad when I just do it. It's so essential for my well-being. So maybe we need to flip our thinking instead of thinking, I can't afford this time. We need to think, I can't afford not to. So what we're talking about here is relationship well-being. We know like most of us don't have enough positive, life-giving friendships in our life. And so this is about taking a step back and assessing where can I invest time in my relationships that will help bring relationship well-being and balance into my life. And so today as we close, let's take stock of our relationships. Like how are we doing? How imbalanced are they? Do I have enough life-giving relationships? And how can I adjust things so that there is more relationship well-being in my life? And God is right at the center of all this. And he really cares about us having relationships that do us good. So let's take this into prayer together, shall we? Let's pray. You might not close your eyes, maybe lift down your hands. It's just become aware that God is with us and he's here. Thank you. Lord, help us live more in our identity as your children. Help me live in what the passport you've given me defines me to be. Help me discover deeper levels in knowing that like, I'm chosen, I'm holy, I am loved by God. Maybe so I'm just praying those words now. We want to just seal them. We want to seal them over ourselves. And as I, as I just speak them out now, we just pray that, that this becomes a seal over your life. That you are chosen that you are adopted into God's family, that you are holy and that you are loved by God. And so we seal this together now. This is your identity. And maybe there are some of us right now who just never heard that before, don't know Jesus, don't have that experience and want to take a step towards it and want to just say to, the, to God now, Lord, 
take my life. I, I want to I want to be part of this. I want to be part of your family. I want to know you. I want to belong. And if that's you, we just uh, we just pray now into this moment. Maybe you want to say, Lord, here I am. Thank you that you love me. I'm sorry how I've tried to live my life my own way. Lord, forgive me. Take me into your family. Help me live life with you. And as you pray that prayer, just, just know that God is embracing you. God is reaching out to you. God is welcoming you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, let's pray about our connections. Let's pray about our church family together. Let's pray. Um, about what God is doing in our NCO church together. And Lord, we just pray like, grow us as a church family. Lord, open connections right across our church. Open friendships, spark new relationships. Help us be people who are so good for each other, who bring such goodness into each other's lives. Lord, help us become more a place of deep friendship and family. Thank you, Lord. And for those of us this morning just feeling lonely, feeling disconnected, feeling out on a limb, Lord, help us reach out, help us make a first step, help us be drawn in. Lord, may our church family be a place where everyone belongs. Thank you, Lord. And, and let's pray about these new clothes. And let's just receive them now. Let's receive them as I speak them out. Um, yeah, Lord, as I speak these, these words out, Lord, help us to take hold of these clothes, to put them on, to kind of feel like they fit us. Maybe some of these things are words that don't associate with ourselves yet, but we pray now in this moment that as we put on these new clothes, they would fit. And so we name them, we name them the clothes of compassion, caring for each other and looking out for people who are hurting, like the clothes of kindness, the clothes of humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with each other and forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, for this incredible gift that you give us of these things that we can wear, these people that we can be. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. Yeah, maybe today, like you've just been just triggered something in your thoughts, like maybe I need to forgive someone today. And we we pray forgiveness to be possible in some spaces this morning, in this moment. Yeah, Lord, we pray that the the hurts that have been done to us um, we pray a softening of the edges around those and, and we pray an ability to be able to let go the ability to be able to put down those things and to start to be able to forgive yeah and maybe the like the last thing to pray for today. Maybe there's a relationship hole that needs feeling, feeling. <laughs> maybe there's um, there's a discovery of how to spend time with people. The Lord, show us all where to invest time, how to build relationships that are deeper, more honest, more real, more authentic. How can we be more intentional in this, Lord? Show us. We pray. Give us a first step today. Amen. Amen.